As we always do, let's pray. God, we thank you for an opportunity to come together to learn from your word. God, today I ask that there would be great illumination in this place, like somebody just turned on the lights in a dark room. God, for so many people that are searching and struggling, that are up against big questions, that are up against big mountains, for many people that maybe life is comfortable right now, that we don't even know that we have questions. God, that there would be just illumination. Like when we're in darkness and somebody just turns on the lights. Oh, there, there, there it is. God, we ask for those kinds of moments this morning. We ask that you would do something that only you could do in our lives. So we just open up our hearts. We know we can't make it happen. We can't manufacture a move of God. But we know that when we create a space for you, that 100% of the time, God, you always fill it. So we ask that you meet us where we're at today. I pray for every single person that's hurting, searching, broken, people that are questioning even their faith today. God, would you meet them right where they're at? In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Jeremy holding it down on the keys back there. Jeremy makes anything sound good. You notice that? Like we can get up here and what we say could be horrible because he's so anointed on them keyboards back there. Like you're like, ooh, that's so good, right? Come on, let's follow, follow the keys. Tickle them keys, bro. I said tickle them keys, bro. Come on, let let him have it a little bit. Come on, let him have it. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. They're not ready. Can you, I mean, they're not even ready. Y'all ain't ready. You ain't ready. Debbie's ready. I see Debbie's ready on the front row. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. I've actually taught from this passage of scripture before. Uh, God's been showing me some new things, so I want to share it with you today. Matthew chapter 11, the Passion Translation, it says this. After Jesus finished giving instructions... To his 12 disciples, he went on to minister in different villages throughout the region. Now, when John the baptizer was in prison, he heard about what Christ was doing among the people. So he sent his disciples to ask him this question. Remember this, John had his own disciples. Are are you really the one prophesied who would come or should we still wait for another? You realize how ironic this is because John the Baptist was the one who gave his life to travel around telling people that Jesus actually was the coming one. Jesus answered them, give John this report. The blind see, the crippled walk, lepers are cured, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised back to life, and the poor and broken now hear the hope of salvation. And then Jesus says this, and tell John that the blessing of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith in me, no matter what happens. Today, I want to talk about navigating seasons. I believe as a church, we're entering into a new season. I believe just the nature of life, we're transitioning, obviously, into summer. For many of you of graduating, schooling, you're, you're, you're transitioning into a new season. And if you're not transitioning into a new season, you will. Because this is the essence of life. We all know this. It, it, it works in seasons. There's, there's seasons maybe where you're, where, you're, uh, where you're not married, but you're kind of engaging in relationship. There's seasons where maybe you get a new job and it's like new and fresh. And there's seasons maybe where you're raising kids or seasons where your kids are out of, your, out of the house. And a lot of people talk about seasons and seasons can be extremely exciting. 
It's like at the end of, of last week, we were talking about how I believe God is leading us into a new season. New seasons can be exciting. We, we get excited about what's to come because a lot of times we become frustrated with the season of what is, or we've learned to cope in the season of what is, and we look forward to this, this new change, this new transition, this sense of newness. You see, see with, with a new season, new seasons always bring excitement, but there's something else that new seasons bring. New seasons don't just bring excitement. They also bring the pain of different. What, what am I talking about? No matter how exciting your next season is going to be, you will experience the pains of different. Co- college students, high school students, pe- people graduating, excited because no longer do I have to you know, just go to school. You, you, you're excited about your new season, but in about six months, when you start having to get a job and rely on other people for, for, for actually income and things, you're going to experience the pain of different, okay? Parents that are, that, are, that are excited, anticipating the new season of, I'm going to have a baby, I'm going to have a baby. This is what we've always wanted. Congratulations, sir. Congratulations, ma'am. Oh, we're so excited for you. What is it? A boy or a girl? We're excited about our new season, but that new season will bring for you when you have to get up in the middle of the night and you're dealing with runny noses and poopy diapers. It's going to bring about the, the, the pain of different. If I could ever just get to the day when I can get these kids out of my house, if I could ever just get them raised, you know what I mean? Just where it could be me and my wife again. You're excited about the season to come. But when they're out of the house and it's just you and all you've known for so long is one thing, you will experience the pain of different. I want to talk about that today. One thing I'm fascinated about in our, our society is, is fitness because it's like the struggle of humanity. Have you noticed this? Like we're all always unsatisfied with where we're at physically. Like mo- like majority of people were unsatisfied. And there's two, two types of people. There's those who can eat carbohydrates and those who cannot. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Uh, and, 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 and we could, we could call those chubby people, skinny people, big boned, you know, all the things that we say to make them. My, my, somebody was talking to me, it's okay. It's okay. You're just husky. You've always been husky. You're just big, but like that is not a compliment, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> Two types of people in this world. And it's funny because the, the, the bigger bone people, we, we would give anything to have the bodies of the skinny people, right? Like I've noticed with my, I, I'm one of those guys, dude, like, like, crunching, scraping of bowls and plates and things that are annoying like that, like that really gets on my nerves. Like when my wife eats chips, it is like the end of me. Like I just want to move out. You know what I mean? Like this is just, (laughs) I'm just being real with you. When she like, do you have to crunch that loud, dude? You know what I mean? But I realize it's really not the chips. I'm just mad because she can eat carbs and I can't. Like that's just the that's just the bottom line. And because she's just a little skinny mini, and she can eat anything, and it doesn't affect her body at all, you know. And 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 those of you who can relate with me, you understand what it's like. It's like we would give anything to be able to have the metabolism of those who can eat anything and just just not worry about it at all. And nothing makes us more angry than when the skinny people tell us that they wish they could have our metabolism. It's like, no, you okay? Just shut up. Go somewhere else because that is not the truth. Give yourself six minutes in my body and you'll be begging for years back. Like that's just... (laughs) And so in our society, there's this big quest to find systems that work to help us get fit. And we all at some point come to the realization that there's no real like get, get fit like quick 
way. And so we, we realize that there's going to have to be, that's why all these systems are the weight loss systems, right? There's, there's different ones that you can subscribe to or, or pay that's going to help you. Whether, and there's a lot of ways to approach it. Calorie cl- counting, uh, different diets, there's keto, there's, there's things that, that different people use, different systems in order to achieve or accomplish the goal that they want. I say this because systems are, are, are really important. And, and whether you realize it in, in, your, in your life or not, you live your life according to, to a system. And and I want to break this down. I want to inspire you today, but more than inspire you today, I want to talk about something that can help you in the season that you may be in. And for many of you, this may just be a little bit of preventative medicine. This may be something that's going to help you in the future. This is why I don't want you just to listen. I want you to take notes. I want you to track with where we're going because I'm telling you, if, if you won't miss this moment, I believe it has the ability to change and transform your life like you've never seen before. In your life, you're subscribing to a system. And I'm going to break this into, into two different systems that all of humanity kind of subscribe to. We can call it lots of different things, and, uh, but for the sake of this exercise, I'm going to call it these two specific things and, uh, and, and then kind of explain them and you'll be able to kind of track with me. Every single person that's alive on the face of this earth, we approach life by subscribing to one of these two systems. System number one is the system of strive for success. Write this down if you're taking notes. Strive for success. How do you spell success? Can, I, can somebody come scribe for me? Lance, come help me out here. My buddy, give it up for Lance McCampbell. He's one of my best friends in all the world. This frees me up. Let me talk. Don't ask me to spell, right? Okay, so strive, strive for success. You kind of just, you know how this works. Uh, strive, strive for success. When we talk about strive for success, this, this is the mentality that most people subscribe to. This is when, when I get up here and I preach, when my dad gets up here and he preaches, when, 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 our, when our communicators get up and we tell people things like chase your dreams, go for it, dream big. Most people, they don't, they don't realize that we're actually not talking about this. You think that we're talking about this. When we talk about strive, we're talking about um, wrestle, struggle. Uh, you can write some of those words down. Words that describe uh, strive, to, 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 to work. I, I, I have to hustle. I have to, to muscle. I, I'm, car- I'm carrying the weight of everything. Thing that I do on my on, on my shoulders. This is the essence of, of striving. There, there's there's a toil involved that I that I have to to work for success. The challenge with this 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 whole principle is when we talk about striving, working, hustling, trying to to, to make things happen by my own strength. We're always going to hit a wall because uh, we can only do so much in 24 hours in a day. You with me? Okay. The other challenge that you're going to hit in life is this whole world, this whole word called success. Have you ever thought about how you define success? Like where does, where does our definition, what, what does success mean to you? Here's the thing about success. What you see as success is not dictated by anything other than your society. No, 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 really, really think about it. Because most people are going to think money. They're going to think career. They're going to think dream. They're going to think picture perfect family. They're going to think uh, what, what, whatever, whatever it is that you would deem a success. Here's my question to you. Where did you learn that? The re, the, you, you, you learn that picture of success based upon the society that you grew up in. This is where for us, we would say that being fit would be success for us. Like if we could ever just be fit. Did you know that in some countries it's actually success to be fat? Because if you're fat, that means you can purchase a lot of food, which means you have a lot, have a lot of money. And if you have a lot of money, then you're actually successful in a society. 
So the definition of success is dictated by society. So, so, so most people, most, most Americans, most church going folk, folks, most people in this room, we subscribe to this idea that I'm going to strive for success. This, this is one op, this is one option. The challenge with it is this idea of success will always be a moving target depending on the society that you live in. Okay? So, so this, this, the second, uh, the second system that you can subscribe to is, is this one. System number two is going to be to steward your season. I'm going to describe what this means. So, so either I subscribe to the mantra of I'm going to strive for success, or I subscribe to the mantra of I'm going to steward my season. If I subscribe to the ideology that I am here on the face of the planet to strive for success, I've talked about this a lot. I'm going to have a lot of moments on my life that are unfulfilled because really the purpose of my life is leading up to some one big major moment. And that's what I'm here for. So the challenge is going to be, let me say it pen real quick. So the challenge is going to be my, my trajectory is going to look like this. My life is, is meaningless, 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 meaning, meaningless. Then I hit my purpose and then I go back to meaningless, 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 meaningless. Okay. So that's the picture of striving for success. Steward my season ha, ha, subscribes to the line of thought that that every moment of my life is significant, that, that one is not greater than the other, that I'm not living for today to get to tomorrow, that today is just as important as tomorrow, and the day after that will be just as important as the day before. Okay. Now here's what's fascinating. At first, when we talk about this idea of strive for success, it makes sense to our mind And most people in here start thinking, yeah, that's actually a lot of what I'm doing. Yet when I talk about stewarding your season, it doesn't always make sense to your mind. But hear how something happens in your heart. Hear how the room starts to applaud and get excited. Because there's something on the inside of you that knows that you are put on the face of this planet for more than just striving to get somewhere. Getting to a point where you can be happy or fulfilled. And when I get there, then everything's going to make sense. There's something in you that knows that every single moment that you have with oxygen in your lungs and while your heart is beating in your chest that there should be purpose in every single season that you encounter in your life the challenges and you can go back Lance, thank you for that well, um, the, the, the challenges we're, we're not conditioned to live like this in society society always conditions us to strive conditions us to fight for something that we don't have. Here's this picture. And and I'm going to talk about this for a while because I really want you to get this. I don't just want it just to be a point and then then I, then I move on this, this, this strive for success mentality conditions me to put myself in, in a place where, 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 where a lot of my life does not have meaning. Steward my season again, puts me in a position where every point of my life has purpose. You, you could, and and, and the reason I say there's lots of ways that you could, you could put this, um, because you can't really, really what I'm saying is, is this is the, this is the system of, you can call it man. You can call it the world. You can call it society. That's what, that's what the system is. It's the, it's the system of the world. We're not just talking about non-Christians. We're, t- we're talking about the operating system of humanity is strive for success. The, the operating system of the kingdom the operating system of God's way of doing things, call it providence, call it the, the higher power that we believe in, call it Christ, call it God's, God's operating system is, 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 is steward, is steward your season. I, strive for success mean I, I reach for things that I do not have. 
Steward my season means that I take care of the things that I do have. And when I take care of the things that I do have, then I'm trusting that God gives me more of what he thinks I need at the time that I need it. This is, this is honestly what, what I believe the, the Bible. I'm going to give you lots of scripture today. Romans chapter 12. Write, write this down. Romans chapter 12. This is what I believe the scripture is talking about when he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God, for it is your true, proper worship. This is what he says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is this talking about? For years when I read this scripture, don't be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I always thought that this was just talking about bad behavioral patterns and decisions. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't listen to secular music. Don't talk bad. Don't tell dirty jokes. All of those things, all of those things are good. You you shouldn't do those things, but really those are not the world system. Those are byproducts of the world system. You, You know what? You know what the world system is? The world system is strive for success. Work to get somewhere so that you can just coast, meaning your life only has purpose when you peak and then it's just, then it's just, it's just, it's just whatever. This, this is, 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 is the world's system. The byproduct of the world system is bad behaviors. Why? Because if I live my life like this, I can only be happy when I'm here. Meaning when I'm in all of these other places, I have to find things that I can do with my time to help me cope. (laughs) What are these? These are my bad habits that I get. I get caught up in gossip. I get caught up in lying. I get caught up in cheating. I get caught up in stealing. I get caught up in drinking too much or smoking too much or doing too many things. Why? Why? It's, it's a byproduct. It's not the world. It's a byproduct of the world system. What is the world system? That I would have to strive for success. He says, and don't be conformed to the system of this world. Instead, be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. In other words, I'm going to have to, to fight the battle up here consistently in my life in the transitioning of seasons to remind myself and a society that wants to program me to strive for success that this is not why I am here. I am here to steward my season. This is the transformation of your life that happens by the renewing by the renewing of your mind. I got to remind, what am I saying? I will slip back 100% of the time to striving for success. I do this, and I do, I do this all the time in my life. You, and how do I know if I'm striving for success? I get frustrated with where I'm at because I think I'm supposed to be somewhere else. When I get more money, I will be happy. If I could just stack my chips right, if I can be smart in this season, then we'll have all the money we can need and we can just travel. And we, I'm here to tell you think out of one in 400 trillion people, you're on the face of the planet just to coast and it's just random. And you're supposed to have a lot of do nothing years for five, do something years. That is not why God put you on the face of the planet. Every single season of your life is significant. This is why he said, don't you get trapped. Don't you be conformed to the way of this world thinking is just about striving for success. And everything within us fights this because we want success. And what's crazy is God actually needs you to be successful. Who's going to want the God of unsuccessful people? God wants you to be successful. He just doesn't want you to want success more than you want him or the reason that he's put you on the face of this planet. It will be the byproduct of certain seasons, but you got to have to real, you have to realize that you're on the face of this planet for more than that. When I read this story about John, if I'm honest with you, it is one of the most devastating in scriptures to me because John's life goes on and you know how John's life ends. He's beheaded. 
But, but, but not like for, for, for the sake of martyrdom or, 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 or heroism. No, it's, it's, it's almost one of those situations like you, you lost your life for this, John. It's, it's really, really, really devastating to, to, to hear, hear this story. And yet you, you, you read uh, Bible stories in Scripture about other Bible heroes that are arguably less significant than John that find themselves in prison yet do incredible things in the midst of a season that they don't understand. Because here's what I'm getting at with John. John's season has transitioned, but John hasn't been able to transition with his season. You look at people like Paul. I mean, Paul in the Bible, you hear stories about Paul finds himself in prison over and over again. And yet there's times where he sings and when he sings and worships God, like these crazy miracles happen and, and the prison like breaks apart and they run free. Then there's times that he's in prison and they sing and, and nothing happens. So he gets out his pen and, and he writes over 25% of what we know now as the New Testament. What am I talking about? A season that, that, that could be a season that is causing me to, to maybe question a lot of things. A determination to find... Listen to what Paul said. I'm going to read this to you. Listen to what Paul said in the book of Philippians. Philippians 4. Write this down. Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse 10. Philippians 4, verse 10. Paul says this. Dude is in prison. Okay? He's in prison. He says this. My heart overflows with joy. Pause. Whose heart overflows with joy when they're in prison? That is, those are not the words that come to mind if somebody takes me to jail today. Like sometimes we, I think we put, like imagine somebody takes you to jail today and they give you a pen and paper and you write, my heart overflows with joy. Like, dude, who, who are you? Right? He says, my, my, my heart overflows with joy when I think of, uh, when, when I think of how you shoved your, showed your, your love to me by your financial support of my ministry. For even though you have so little, you still continue to help me at every opportunity. I'm not telling you this because I'm in need. It's like, dude, yes, you are. You're in prison. For I have learned. This is what he says. For I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. He says, I know what it means to lack. And I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. Meaning I've had it all. I've been at the place that I thought would make me happy, where I could have everything in the world, where every need was met, and I had abundance to help other people. I could buy the cart, I could buy the, I could buy the, the boat, I could buy the house, I could have all of the, all of the things. I know what it's like to have everything, and then I know what it's like to have nothing. He says this, he says, but I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. I think about that word. Trained. I, I am trained in the secret, meaning most people don't know about it, but I, but I found the key. Most people are going to miss it because they're subscribing to a different system. But, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I'm actually trained in the secret of overcoming what things? All things. Well, probably not what I'm facing, Paul. I, I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. He says, whether, whether in, to take away our excuses, in fullness or in hunger. And he says this, key in on this. And I find that strength of Christ's explosive power. His explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Think about this. I found the secret, and the secret is this, that Christ's explosive power, it infuses me to be able to conquer everything that I come up against. I can't help but think that this is the exact thing that Jesus is talking to John about when he sends word back to John in prison. What, what, what does he say? Hey, John, the blind see, things are good, John. Don't question how things are going. And let me remind you, the blessing, 
There is an explosive power that is available to those who won't be seduced into the system of the world that thinks just because you don't understand your season that God is not for you. There is an explosive power available to those who steward their season despite what they see, despite what they feel. What happened, John? What happened, John? Like, John, people wouldn't have been ready for Jesus if it had not been for John. Like, think, you, 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 have, to, you have to remember who John was. It's, I mean, it, it would be like, John was like, John was like the, the it man before Jesus. Like, he wasn't the savior of the world, but he was like the Jesus before Jesus. Like, so much, so much so that, that when Herod the king hears word about Jesus doing miracles, he says, oh, it's probably not, it must be John. Do you understand what I'm saying? They, they mistook Jesus when he came on the scene as, as being John. Think about the powerful man, the powerful presence, the powerful ability, the powerful ability to call heaven down. And this is who, this is who, who John, what, what happened, John? How did you go from being this man who, who foretold the coming of Christ to be a prisoner who is questioning if Jesus even is who he says he is? John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 22. Then Jesus and his disciples went out for a length of time into the Judean countryside where they baptized the people. At this same time, John was still baptizing people where there was plenty of water. And the people kept coming for John to baptize him. This was before John was thrown into prison. <laughs> Verse 25, an argument then developed between John's disciples and a particular Jewish man about baptism. Listen to this. So they went to John, the man, and asked him, teacher, are you aware that the one you told us about cross at the crossing place, that he's now baptizing everyone with larger crowds than you? People are flocking to him. What do you think about that? Pause. What do you think that this did to John's soul? What do you think that this did to John's psyche? Imagine being the it man and the guy that you foretold who would come and change the world. He comes, but he starts taking your place and doing things not just the way that you did them, but better than you were doing them. You were drawing crowds, but now he's drawing crowds bigger than you. What does it feel like when people that you have actually brought up and invested in outdo you and surpass you and become something that you never even thought that they would become? You knew they would be great, but you didn't want them to be greater than you. But now when you look around, you look at the things that they're accomplishing. What is, I'm not, I'm not talking about what do you say and what do you tell people? I'm talking about what does it do to your soul? What happened, John? It's funny because John goes on and he, and he says all, all the right things. He, he says all the right things. A person can't receive even one unless God bestows it upon him. You heard me tell you that I'm not the Messiah, but there's one coming uh, and I'm sent ahead of him. He says this in verse 30. 30. Think about this. The same John who is in prison questioning, questioning the reality of who Christ is says this. It's necessary for him to increase and for me to decrease. What am I talking about? What happened to John? I'm here to tell you John got bit by the snake of subtlety. What, what am I saying? There are things that happen in your life when new seasons come and, and you're excited about the new season, but the new season also brings about the pain of different. And if you're not noticing it, 
you'd, you'd, you'd almost miss it. This is why I say it's, 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 the, it's the subtlety. John had the ability to say all the things right in the moment, but did you ever deal with the things that were below the surface? You remember the soul thing, the goal of our faith, the salvation of our soul, this thing that's beneath, 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 beneath the surface. I'm talking about you may able to be able to preach, yeah, but God is for me. He loves me. He's for me. If I'm going to celebrate with those that get theirs because that means that mine's coming too. But how are you dealing with how it, it is affecting the, your, 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 your inward world, inward world, world? Because if you're not dealing, if you're not dealing with the snake bite of subtlety, you know what? You're always going to be swayed into the system of strive for success. John thinks that, that his, that his season is now insignificant because he's not drawing the crowds and he's not the it man like he used to be. Who told you that John? The system told you that John, who, who told you in this place that you're too old and you're washed up and your, 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 your it time is gone. You know who told you that the system told you that God didn't tell you that. To the person who is striving to get to the place that you want to be and missing out on your kids growing up and missing out on your friendships and missing out on, on the moment, man. Who told you that? Man, man, it's, a, it's not God that told you. You have been seduced back into a system of striving for success. And when you take down that road, you are going down the road of John and not the road of Paul. How in my life do I make sure that I end up like Paul and not like John? How in my life do I make sure that, that no matter, man, I am just overflowed with joy. I'm in the middle of a prison. I'm just overflowed with joy. How? That's the guy that I want to be. If I'm going to become that guy, I have to keep myself away from the snake bite of subtlety. What is subtlety? This is how the devil works, guys. He, he, he's not, you think, we think that the devil's trying to break our car and, you know, break our laundry machine and go, oh, we're getting in a fight and my kids are acting. It's like, no, that's, that's like devil, not today devil. Like that's, that's, that's not the, that's just life. You know, you know what the devil's fascinated with subtlety. He don't need you to make the jump today, but he can just get you to entertain the thought today. He, he doesn't need you to make the move today. Over, and what is, what is his move? To get me to lie, cheat, steal? No, no. He just needs to get you to subscribe to a different system. Because if you subscribe to a different system, you'll automatically start living that lifestyle. Is anybody hearing me this morning? The snake bite of subtlety. Uh, it's, it's just a little bit by a little bit. And hear, and hear me today. I'm getting ready to lay some things out. But it is so human that you would almost miss it. It's stuff in our society that we excuse away as human that we'd almost miss it. If I'm going to become the Paul that knows it is God's explosive power that enables me, despite my season, to know that there is significance here. There is a plan and there is purpose here. This is, there's, there's, there's not missteps because even the missteps, he gives purpose here. There is a reason here, not tomorrow, today, not yesterday, today, right here in this moment, at this exact minute, at this exact second, at this exact millisecond. There is purpose from heaven that I am supposed to execute on this earth today. Steward my season. How do I stay away from the snake bite of subtlety? I, I guess the, the best way to know is how, how do I know if I'm not, and this is what we're talking about, the pains of different in your season. How do I know if I'm not stewarding my season well? The first thing that we see in the life of John is assumption. You, you know, you're, you, know you, you are being bit by the snake of subtlety. You're not stewarding your season well when you start to assume even when I say it, it almost goes over your head because it seems so human. Assumption. He assumes that Jesus doesn't care about his situation. This is the nature of new seasons. 
You'll assume that everybody else sees you as washed up. Everybody else sees you as insignificant. Everybody else sees you as not needed. Everybody else sees you as has-beens. Everybody else sees you as a certain way. Everybody else sees you as betrayer. Everybody else sees you as betrayed. You start making assumptions not based upon factual information, but based upon your feelings. The, the danger of this is you actually start living on false information. What am I talking about? I have been baited back into strife for success because people must, people must not like me like they used to like me because, I, because I'm, not, I, I'm in a new season now. And, 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 and rather than seeing that I have purpose, I start to make assumptions about God and his involvement in my life. I assume that God must not be for me. I assume that God must be wanting to teach me something. I assume that the people around me, man, they discredited me. They don't value me like they once valued me. They don't want me around anymore. What am I talking about? (laughs) I'm talking about you get excited about a new season, but new seasons bring about the pain of different. And if you don't deal with the pain of different, right, you will find yourself on the road of John the Baptist. The subtlety of assumption. The subtlety of assumption will lead you to the subtlety of avoidance. So first you start to assume and then you start to avoid so, so John, because he assumes that the problem is external, he avoids the fact that he has the ability to fix the thing that he's going through. I mean, think about what, what, what could John have done in prison? If Paul writes over 25% of the New Testament, it's like, John, like, don't you ever, like, what, 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 what could he have accomplished in this moment? But when you start to assume, you start to avoid. You'll start to avoid the things that, the things that you're responsible for. You'll see this in your life. When you get into a new season and you don't understand it and it seems less significant, you'll start avoiding the problems that you could fix, but you're not going to fix them because it just doesn't make sense that why would I fix them? Because you can't even see that you're, they're your problem. You'll avoid people that matter in your life. You'll, 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 you'll avoid circles that God has called you to. You'll avoid church attendance. You'll avoid all of these kinds of things in your life. Why? It's, it's the snake bite of subtlety because you've assumed you're running on false information and because you're running on false information, now you're blind to actually making change in your life. So you actually avoid all of the things that you should be engaging. What am I talking about? I'm talking to, and it's almost so human. You would miss it. Well, it's a new season. I just don't need those people anymore. I don't, I, it's, it's my, my lifestyle is different. My schedule is different. We, we, this is what I'm talking about guys. We, we excuse it. And the danger of excusing it is I'm telling you, you're being seduced back into a different system. You're missing out on the fact that you have purpose right here today, right now. Okay, so, so, so assumption will lead you to avoidance. Avoidance will lead you to arrogance. What is arrogance? I'm right and everybody else is wrong. I am the victim and, and everybody else is the abuser. <laughs> this, this is, this is what, what John does, Right? And what's crazy about being arrogant is we'll actually, and here's, I'm just going to give, give us all Christians away. Most Christians defend our arrogance through spirituality. This is what John does. He, he brings the word of God into it. Are you the one or should we look for another? In other words, God sent me for a divine purpose, right? And I need to know, am I accomplishing? This has nothing to do with God, dude. This, this has to do with you not knowing how to navigate your new season. Because your new season has brought about the pain of different. And in our lives, we do the same. We become arrogant and we defend it with the thing. We'll defend it with scripture. We'll defend it on what the spirit of God taught. Well, here's the thing. When you're unsettled in your soul, what makes you think that you're in a healthy place to actually hear the voice of God? 
And, and, and what I've found that we do, here's what we do. And the reason I say we do, because I've done it. We take a little bit of what I want, and I take a little bit about what God says, and I make it all what God says. I, I've, I've grown up I, doing, being around youth and, and stuff. I used to see people do this all the time, you know, like, God told me that you're going to be my future spouse, you know, this kind of thing. And so much of the time, the thing is, God may be showing, I would say this all the time, like God's probably showing you something in a person that you need to look out for that characteristic in your future spouse. Like that's something, that's something that you need to value in the person that you're going to marry one day. But because you're wanting, you're wanting it so bad, you take a little bit of what you want and a little bit of what God says and you make it all what God says. You're supposed to be my future spouse. This is what we do when we're not stewarding our season right. When we're being bit by the snake of subtlety. We become arrogant and we defend it through spiritual means. I already know. God already spoke to me. We're supposed to leave the church. We're supposed to do something else. God has been leading me into another place. And it's like, dude, it's like, do you realize that how you got here was through assumption and your assumption led you to avoidance and that avoidance causes you to avoid people that you should have been getting input from. And now you are in a place of arrogance where nobody can actually say anything to you because you've already made up your mind, John the Baptist. He, he can't even hear the, he can't even hear the wisdom of Christ. Jesus is giving him the answer. John, hey, you're in prison. I know you, I don't know what you're looking for here. I'm, I'm not going to get into all the layers of what's going on in you, but I'll tell you this. There's power available to you. If you'll all, he's given him the answer and John can't see it because the snake bite of subtlety has led him to arrogance. Assumption, avoidance. Arrogance ultimately leads you to accusation. You start blaming everybody else for what you're going through. What, what, what is this really? Accusation. It's wasting energy on things that are unfruitful. Accusation. Wasting. This is, this is what it, it's, it's, it's everybody else's fault but mine. But really what we're talking about is wasting energy on things that are unfruitful. You start busying yourself with things that can't really produce for you what you want to produce for you. This is, this is, this is the picture. John is wasting his time being offended and frustrated with his season where Paul, okay, well, let's try singing. Want to worship guys? Maybe, maybe, maybe we're supposed to just have some God time in this season. Maybe it's not really about everybody else. Maybe this season that feels confining because it's a literal prison, but it's also a, it's also a picture of a prison. In the, in the seasons of life where I feel contained, maybe those are not the times for me just to be giving out to people. Maybe it's just the time for God to pour into me. Maybe it's, this is, this is Paul's perspective, right? So why don't we, I don't even know that Paul knew when he was Paul and Silas that, they, that the jails were going to break open. And I think it was just, let's just, stu- let's steward the season. We're here, so maybe God wants to do something here. You know, it's like when Paul's right, and then what did that process, did you worship first? And then, okay, well, maybe it's not this. Maybe, 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 I'm just going to start writing. I'm going to start doing something, what am I, productive. Rather than wasting my time in accusation, pointing fingers at everybody else, I'm going to say, no, God, I am not subscribing to the way of this world that tells me that I have to strive to get somewhere to be fulfilled. I believe that no matter the moment, no matter the message, no matter the people that you're sending me to, God, whether it's 5,000 or five people, whether, whether, whether everybody else sees me as important, whether I have everything or whether I have nothing, I choose to believe that I've been placed on the face of this planet for a reason. And it's not just to exist. And it's not just to build the American dream. Is that really what it's all? There's got to be more. 
I'm telling you, when you're 10, when you're 20, when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50, when you're 60, when you're 70, when you're 80, when you're 90, when you're 100, when you're 110, if you're 120, I'm here to tell you, every single season has purpose. Don't you miss it. Don't you miss it because you've been bit by the snake bite of subtlety. Assumption. Assumption will lead you to avoidance. Avoidance will lead you to arrogance. Arrogance will lead you to accusation, which will ultimately lead you to the last one, which is alienation. You become alone. And, and really what I'm saying, it's not that you are alone, but you become alone. You're surrounded by people that love you, but you don't even know it because you bought into so many lies that you can't see it. The nature of alienation is that you remove your, here's what it is. If you read the definition, is you remove yourself from people that you should be connected to. <laughs> it's different than isolation. Alienation is different than isolation. Alienation is because of the journey that I walk, I, I, I create excuses for why I'm distant from the people that I should be connected to. You hear me? I, 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 make ex- I, I, I could be finding purpose and doing what God wants me to do so that I stay connected on a heart level with Jesus and my disciples and his disciples and remembering there's a bigger picture and a bigger mission at hand and we in this together and we are not separate but we are together and we are united but because of the journey that I've walked I ultimately become alienated from the people that I'm supposed to be connected to isn't it funny it doesn't just start with that John you're going to separate from Jesus you're going to question the man that you told the world was coming Yeah, right. Because it would never happen like that. But with the snake bite of subtlety, it's funny. I I interviewed a a guy that was in a cult and uh, on a podcast that I do. And we're talking about this, this whole experience because it was so bizarre. Because this is a guy that uh, worked a full-time job. I mean, he had several kids, seemed somewhat of of a successful family. And yet in the midst of being a part of this cult, uh, Several years in, his 16-year-old daughter runs away and leaves the family. And he never even goes and looks for her. Like, stop and think about that. Like, you have a 16-year-old daughter. You're all in this thing together, cult or whatever. But the 16-year-old daughter leaves, and you never even go look. And I remember I was sitting across the table. I'm like, how? Like, how? You're, you're, dude, I know, you're not like a crazy person. Like, like, how did you not go? How did you not go chasing after your daughter? And he looks at me with just, just tears welled up in his eyes. And he said, I can't hardly talk about it to explain it to people because you couldn't explain it unless you lived it. Everything was so subtle. It was little bit by little bit by little lie 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 that I actually believed that I was doing the right thing by not looking for my daughter. And for many of you in here, it seems so far out. But can I tell you, this is the way this stuff works. It's, it's little lie by little lie by little assumption by little assumption. They don't care about you. You're not important to them like you you used to be. What do you really have to offer? Think, what do you really have to offer? Assumption, 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 assumption. I don't want to be John the Baptist. I want to be Paul. I I want to steward my season. I don't want to to be baited into striving for success by by assumption, by, by avoidance, where I don't even actually finish anything anymore because I'm just avoiding everything. Just as long as we, as long as life can keep moving, everybody has money, everybody happy, everybody good. Okay, then I guess life is good. What am I talking about? The snake bite of subtlety. There's more arrogance that, that you know that that I know everything. We think, well, it's just human. It's just my personality type. No, 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 no. It, it, you're being seduced into a system. 
accusation. It's everybody else's fault. It's the Democrats. It's the Republicans. It's our president. No, 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 no. What am I, what am I talking about? You're being seduced into a system, bro. And ultimately, that system leads you to alienation where you will find yourself alone like John the Baptist. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that I'm the, per I'm the Paul. That, hey, I don't care how this thing ultimately ends, but as long as I'm here on the face of the planet, I'm going to exhaust every ounce of my, of my God potential, every ounce of my God purpose, and I'm going I'm to fight. I'm not going to be conformed to the ways of this world which is strive to be somebody. No, I'm gonna steward my season. And wherever you put me here, God, would you help me to hit my mark? Whatever reason you saw fit to choose me to be here now, would you help me to hit my mark? You know what's interesting? What's interesting in the opening text that we read, opening text that we read, Jesus sends John's disciples back to him, telling him, uh, the blessing of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith, right? There's an empowerment to those who keep believing. And then check out what Jesus does. He turns right back to the people that he's talking to. And this is what, this is what, what Jesus says. What kind of man did you see when you went into the wilderness? Did you expect to see a man who would be easily intimidated? Who was he? Did you expect to see a man decked out in splendid fashion of the day? Those who wear fancy clothes like kings living in palaces. He says, yes, John was a prophet like those of the past, but he, he is even much more than that. Verse 11, this is what he says about John. For I tell you the truth, throughout history, there has never been a man who surpasses John the baptizer. What? It's like, Jesus, why didn't you tell John that? Jesus, why didn't you, why didn't you, just what John needed, he needed encouragement. Right, lift up your brother when he's down and come on, keep going, stay in the game, John. He gave, are you the one or should we look for another? Tell him there's a blessing to those who keep trusting no matter what. Jesus, why didn't you say, John, there's no one who does what you do better than you. We need you, John, stay in the game. Because to tell John that would only reinforce the system that John had become accustomed to. To, to, to tell John, John, you're the man, all that would do would reinforce this ideology that I have to strive for success. That John, you are significant because of who you are. You're not significant, John, because of who you are. You're significant because who he's called you to be. He puts you on the face of this planet for a reason. Don't you miss it, John? Because if I have to pump you up now, it's not going to fix the problem because you're going to find yourself in prison again. And the key to getting out of your prison is not just encouragement from the people around you. This is why I think sometimes it's a trap, folks. Like, I think that we should be positive. I think that we should lift one another up. And I think that we should, we should, we should encourage one another. But let's not get it twisted. We're not here to be significant in the eyes of man. We're here to accomplish our purpose in the eyes of God. This is the reason you were born. So he doesn't send word. It's like, I would be like, John, you're the man. Don't forget that you're the man. He says, no. John, the real answer is not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if everybody thinks that you're important or nobody thinks that you're important. There is an explosive, I hope somebody hears me this morning, catches this. There's an explosive empowerment available to the person. Trust God no matter what. Explosive empowerment. Yeah, but I'm not the it man. Like I, There's an explosive empowerment for right here, right now. Yeah, but it's not important. It doesn't matter it's who it's important to. There's an explosive empowerment right here, right now. 
the, the way the story ends is the hardest pill for me to swallow. Because uh, you ever have those moments, like those questions that when, when I get to heaven, I want to ask God about this? It's one of these moments for me. Because Jesus <laughs> tells this to John, and then he goes away, and then the Bible says in, in Matthew 14, verse 12, it says, John's disciples went to the prison. They carried John's body, who had just been decapitated, and they buried it. The Bible says, then they left to find Jesus to tell him what had happened to John. Verse 13, on hearing what had happened to John, the Bible says that Jesus slipped away privately by boat to be alone. What were you thinking about, Jesus? <laughs> hey, Jesus, we told John about that empowerment that was available to him, but it didn't work out. It chopped off his head. What? John? Yeah. They, 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 they killed him. Jesus just turns away and gets quiet. What are you thinking about Jesus? Are you thinking about the purpose John still had in his life that he couldn't see? Sometimes I think the saddest thing in all of heaven is to see people who didn't execute, exhaust all of their God potential because they didn't know how to transition through the seasons excited but they didn't know how to deal with the pains of different I'm here to tell you today there is more for you than you could have ever dreamed possible I, I'm a believer that God wants you to be successful I believe he actually needs you to be successful but I don't think that the way that we live full lives is by striving for success I believe the way that we live full lives is by stewarding our season. Can we take a second, maybe just close our eyes briefly? Can we just evaluate our own hearts, the soil of our own soul? Where do you find yourself today? Do you see maybe any of these snake bites floating up to the surface in your life, maybe assuming things you don't really know? It's just what you feel is true. Do you find yourself avoiding things? <laughs> you find yourself maybe being arrogant, thinking that you're right about things, and you just close the door, that maybe there's another opinion? Do you find yourself pointing fingers or being alone? God, would you help us to see the place that you're calling us? God, would you help us to live the Paul life? That we would learn the secret. <laughs> God, that we, would, that we would learn the secret. God, would you teach us the secret to overcoming all things? That our hearts would overflow in joy even when it seems like we're in a season that feels confining and containing that, that maybe we just have a different perspective. Then there must be something you want me to do here. What are you frustrated about? What if, what if, what if the reason that you're frustrated is because society tells you that that's not success? Think about that. What are you frustrated about? Well, my marriage is rocky. I don't have, I, I get all that is important to you, but, but your idea of success comes from, comes from somewhere. I'm here to tell you, God, God doesn't major on the minors. It's, nothing's a big deal to God. Do you realize that? It's, it's not a big deal to, he, he, he sees the bigger picture. He knows what's, don't lose sight. Don't lose sight. Don't lose sight. Don't lose sight. There's so many people in here 
Man, I could go, we could we could probably pass the mic around to your family members, and it's the curse of civilization that we don't tell people what they mean to us till they're dead and gone. But can I tell you something? That's not going to fix the problem. Knowing knowing how, knowing how much everybody appreciates you and how much you mean, and thank you for all this. And can I get it? That's not going to fix the problem. It's not going to fix it. It's not going to. It's people saying thank you, and it's it's not going to fix the problem. Man, if you have to realize, hear what Jesus said. There, there is a blessing. What? It's explosive power available to you. Like, I don't even know that that gets past, like, just our low-level thinking. Think about that. What if that was true? What if there was an explosive power available for you that you could be overflowing with joy despite your season? It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new season. Trust you, Lord. Can you just open your heart, just inwardly let go, just for a few seconds before we go today, just opening up everything that you are to God. He can do stuff that I can't do with words. God, would you bring healing and restoration? God, would you mend up those bites? God, those those things that we've we've let creep, creep in, we've let them creep in. God, the things that we've maybe been seduced, we started out with the right reason, the right motive, but yet we find ourselves here. I'm going to ask that you stand to your feet. If you're comfortable with it, lift in your hands, close your eyes. Nobody leave quite yet, but can we just create an atmosphere of worship before God today?
clarity. I declare clarity. I speak clarity. You will know what to do. 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 Clarity. Laser light focus. Laser light focus. Clarity. You know what to do. Now do it. You know what to do. questioning, but I just declare that there is clarity coming to some of you are making business moves. There's moves that you've had in your heart for well over a year. I don't know who I'm talking to. Well over a year. There's there's moves, but you, it, things have been so messy and muddy, you didn't know if you should make it. I just declare the Spirit of God is bringing clarity. You know what to do, now do it. You you know what to do, now do it. You know It's, it's, it's because it's not about success. It's about stewarding your somebody hear that today. It's not about the world's idea of success. It's about stewarding your season. I don't know who that's for today, but I feel it strong in my spirit. You know what to do. Now do it. I just declare clarity. I declare clarity where there has been confusion. The spirit of God is bringing clarity as you let go of these things that have seduced you, this tension, this pull to conform to a system that God has not called you to. As you let go of the reins of that life and grab onto the reins of God's life that he has called you to, I declare fresh clarity comes to your life. God, would you help us to see eyes? This is what he says, eyes to see, eyes to see. Why? Because, because the system clouds our vision. It's not about striving for success. It's about your season. You're making decisions. Okay. You're making decisions based upon what you think is going to happen tomorrow, but you can't predict tomorrow. So you're making decisions today because you're striving for the world's version of success. What God wants you to do is he wants you to steward your season because God knows what your society is going to deem as success tomorrow. Okay, can you, can you hear what I'm saying? The world can't predict what is going to... Some people say, you know, money is success, then it, the, the whole tide changes and then influence is success. The, the businesses that take off a lot of times are not the ones that anybody saw coming because society can't predict what's going to be successful next. But God sees all things. This is why he wants you to steward your season because he's actually trying to set you up for greater success than you could ever strive for. Because if you strive for it, when you got it, the tide will have turned and that won't be success anymore. I don't know who I'm talking to today. If you, if, you strive, if you strive for success, when you get the thing that you want, all of society will say, here's what's going to happen. Oh, that's not success anymore. That's, that's it. And then you're going to have to chase something else. But if you can steward your season, I'm telling you, the one who knew the foundations of the earth before they were ever here, he knows all things. He sees what's going to trend. He sees what's coming. And he's setting you up. If you'll just steward the season that you're in, I'm telling you, he sees clearer than you could ever see. And when you commit to his version of vision, you begin to get eyes to see things that you you have never been able to see. Come on, one last time. Close our eyes. Do what you sing. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 